What's up, guys? Welcome back to the All In Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to inside sales, and it's your one stop for all audio training on setting, closing, mindset, time management, and overall how to become a top performer. This is the podcast to tune into if you want to elevate your game and perform at the next level. All right, let's get to it. I want to talk about specifically three mistakes that salespeople make. So three mistakes that salespeople make that I, that I see that are common mistakes. The first one is not making a connection with the customer. The second is not controlling the conversation. And the third is not discovering pain points. And we have tools to overcome these things. And I want to share a quick story about how we can use tools to make us more effective to accomplish a task. So it's just a simple story. So I, I had a buddy who had me and three other, other friends over to help him. Um, this was, I don't know, a year or two ago. It, uh, invited us over to help him chip out his tile floors because he was going to put in some hardwood floors in his, in his kitchen. So just a you know, relatively small area. It's just you know, the, the, the kitchen. We get over there. I'm like, do you need me to bring anything? He says, no. We show up and he has, uh, he has hammers and flathead uh, screwdrivers. And so we show up and I'm like, bro, there's totally an easier way to do this. And, you know, he's like, it's going to be fine. We're just going to chip away at this. and We're just going to hack at it. I'm like, do you want me to go grab? I, ha I have this tool called a Bulldog Extreme. And it's like a, <laughs> it's a, it's by Bosch. It's basically like a handheld uh, uh, jackhammer, yeah. you know, like a, a hammer drill, I think yeah. they, they call it. So it has a couple different, a couple different functions. And anyway, so, so we're probably an hour in and we, you know, we're maybe not even a quarter of the way through. I'm like, this is just going to take forever. It's four guys, you know, with, with, with a hammer and these, and these, uh, you know, screwdrivers just chipping away. And they're like, no, I mean, by the time you get there and back, cause I, I lived 20 minutes from his house would be 40 minute round trips. Like by the time you're there, we'll be done. So then we, you know, we keep working at it and I'm like, okay you know, 40 minutes go by. I'm like, I could have been back by now. We're barely even through. So I run home and I grab the Bulldog Extreme and I come back 40 minutes later. And sure enough, they're like maybe a third of the way done, but they're exhausted. Like they're all sweating, just dripping sweat. And, you know, and I'm like smiling because one, I'm fresh. I'm not tired. And two, I've got my Bulldog Extreme. So I show up and I, I plug in the Bulldog Extreme and I literally just go to town on this floor, just like, you know, just, just the whole thing comes up and, and, you know, I get, I get tired after, after a while. And, you know, I, I hand it off to somebody else, but literally we were done in like, I don't know, like 30, 45 minutes. And, and, you know, the only difference was what it was the tool that we were using. And so, you know, we had this job, it was to get the tile off the floor and we were just using the wrong tools. And the moral of the story is that by using the right tools, you can just be a lot more efficient with your time. And you, you, can, you can win a lot more deals and you can um, you know, use your time more effectively. The, you know, the same time that you would be using, you, you know, using, using the wrong tools. So I wanna, I wanna jump into some of those, some of those tools. Um, the first one is connecting with the customer. So again, we're going through these three, three mistakes. You know, um, three common mistakes and kind of the, the, you know, the tool to overcome those. So the first one is connecting with the customer. Um, a connection with the customer is extremely important. It's like, 
in my experience, it's like the trump card. Like you, you can screw up everything else. And I've, I've seen this, like you, you can mess up the pitch. You can mess up other parts of the deal, but if you've done a good job connecting with the customer, oftentimes you can still get the deal. Have you noticed that? Like if you have a good relationship with that customer, you, you can, you can still get the deal. Um, Josh is in the room. I don't know if you remember this, Josh, Josh helped me close my first deal ever. We're in Utah selling in the, in the preseason before going out for the summer. And I get my, my first deal. And back then we, it was paper, uh, paper contracts. And there were several of them we had to sign. It was like an SOP, it was the agreement. And I think one other thing that we, that they had to sign. And he walks in laughing because the whole kitchen counter is like covered in papers. And I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. Literally no clue. And, and uh, you know, later he was, you know, teasing because it was like, that was an obvious first deal because there was papers everywhere. And I had no idea what I was doing, but we still got the deal and it got installed and got paid on it. And it was, it was a deal. And the reason that I got that deal was because I just had done a good job, you know, connecting with that customer, which I, I think I, I naturally am good at. I'm, I'm bad at a lot of things, but I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm good at that. And so it's, in my experience, it's like, you know, the, the trump card. Uh, do you remember that, Josh? Yeah, totally. My very first one? Yeah. Totally. Um, it was late. Yeah, that's right. I know. I think we had an incentive that if I got a deal every day on that flip trip, that my flight was paid for. So I had to, mm -hmm. no, I had to get, I had to get a deal every day. Um, any stories, real quick, just just in like thirty to sixty seconds, where you've seen that happen, where it was like, hey, you know, it was kind of a mess, or you know, the maybe the survey went sideways, or maybe like you were new and you didn't do a good job, but you still got the deal. I got one. Had a good connection. Yeah, Brady. I got here. one. Um, I was selling security in North Texas and the people told me they weren't going to make a same day decision. And so we switched completely from the sale to, I saw a picture of them with a baseball picture. And so we talked about baseball for 20 minutes and 20 minutes later, they signed all the docs. It was crazy. <laughs> I love it. Great. Per perfect example. Yeah. Any others? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Caleb. Uh, Ken Snyder customer that I was working with in retention went out to his house um, up near Jackson and uh, has a bunch of fishing gear all over the house you know pictures of big fish we got talked you know 15-20 minutes came home with frozen fish mm -hmm. and he was just giving to me and he's been like a lifelong friend hands me referrals all the time I'm he like talks to yeah he connects with this entire neighborhood yeah i mean that's what i miss about doing door to door i mean it was like so easy because you didn't have to be the greatest salesman in the world that like when you walk into a house there's just so many things to pick off of right and that's what that's what's so hard about the phones is you don't have all that you know on the way to the kitchen table talking about the kids right there you know the the photos that are on the wall or you know, like I, I had a customer where I was walking up the driveway. The guy was like, hey, turn back around and go, man. And I was like, definitely, I'll get out of your head. Just have a few questions. And when I walked up, he had all this hunting, like, you know, elk up in the garage and everything. And I started talking to him and he just sat there drinking beers, telling me about his hunts. And, you know, I, I used to work for Vivint and Jared Young and all those guys like Bodie Gardner would spend like 20 grand to go do a hunt and they had I, I was just showing him their bulls and he's like oh man I wish I could shoot something like that and by the end of it his wife got home we signed him up they moved forward you know same day it's awesome and that's that's the power of connection I, I love it which is a great segue to my next 
question, which is because that connection is so important and, and some of you aren't in the home, some of you aren't, you know, having that opportunity to look around and see that they're, you know, they have a cute dog or cute kids or they're wearing Crocs or, you know, some way to connect with them. How, but knowing how important it is, you know, like, like you, like, um, well, you know, some, sometimes you may have somebody who's like an engineer or a certain personality where they're like all business. And so we think that we need to skip this rule. You know, it's important to remember that no one is immune from this. Like, like, you know, again, you have some hunter who's like this tough, you know, probably has, you know, probably a big, scary looking dude, maybe had a beard, he's a big, you know, hunter guy. You watch them melt into a puddle when you start talking about something that they're interested in and they become your best yeah. buddy. So, you know, or you have some engineer who's just all business. So they're like, hey, buddy, just give me the price. Like, what's the bottom line? And so sometimes we kind of skip this step, but it don't. It's it's very important that you connect with the customer. So let me ask you, what, what are some ways that you guys have succeeded with connecting with customers, establishing that connection in your interactions? Asking what they do for work is huge. Okay. Um, yeah, I can find out a lot about them. I talked to one guy and he ended up being a pilot. I all know a lot about planes and I talked to him for 20 minutes, didn't know any of that. And I finally asked him what he did for work. And I was like, holy crap, how did I miss this? You know, and we talked for 20 more minutes about, you know, planes and stuff. Cause I know a lot about it, but it's crazy how big that big of a difference that can make. Love that. What else? Just being personable, just being, um, not not a salesperson, just being a real person over the phone, because not many people have that on the phone. Like, I don't know, since COVID or whatever, I'm sure this is before that, but it's hard to just get a, a person to really talk to on the phone or to even get any information that's of substance. So it's like, you know, so I think engaging someone, but like engaging it in a way where you're you're open to them too. You're not, it's not just you talking, telling them what they need to do. It's like this, it's like a friendship in the beginning, right off the bat, the phone, and it's hard. But once you can get that, you, you get you get a lot of leeway with things. You know, um, you get you can get away with a lot, like you said. You can mess up some yeah. information about a battery or something, or you know, oh gosh, I'm sorry, I, I messed up the other, I've done two battery deals with I without putting the, um, an ad on. And I had to call them back and, and make them pay an extra 500 bucks. And they were both fine with it because mm -hmm. of the relationship we had. Perfect example. I, I, I love it. So I'm, I'm hearing two things. One, asking you know, about their life. Like, what are you doing for, you know, what, what do you do for work? Having a discussion about that. Two, don't sound like a robot, sound like a person. And you know, just be real with them. And, and you know, that's a great way to do it. But just in 30 more seconds, because I got to move on, Caleb, to put you on the spot you've had some great success with retention and you know in, in probably 99 percent of these situations not ever meeting them in person how you know what how do you establish a connection yeah um i would say a lot of the connection comes from their situation like okay and yeah being real about the struggle that they're and making it to the point that it's relatable. Uh, so it's like empathy. Like, yeah, hey, totally. I, I understand. Like, I get you. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, like, oh, I've had this similar situation. Like, I was stuck in that in this scenario. Totally. So I, I know how you're feeling. You know, um, yeah, missing work is a big thing for them. You know, uh, not 
losing out on that money and having that be a relatable thing and, and driving that home. So you, you really find that pain point of what's sticking in the situation. What's another? Yeah. And then awesome. Thank, thank you. For, thank you for sharing. So I got to move on, but you know, in conclusion, don't skip this step. Make a connection with the customer. Don't get lazy. Make sure you're making a connection with the customer. Okay, number two, control the conversation. And I'll, I'll kind of move quickly through this one. Um, this, this may be the biggest mistake, especially on the doors that I see reps make and is not controlling the conversation. Um, this is an important skill, something that needs to be practiced. Um, but if you have not learned how to control the conversation, you're going to get annihilated. If you haven't learned that yet, you will learn that. You must learn how to control the conversation, not in a forceful way, you know, but in a very tactful, in a uh, politely persistent way, controlling that conversation, because otherwise they're going to take it wherever they want it to go, especially your customers that are wordy, you know, or long-winded, and you've got to find ways to be able to bring it back, you know, by acknowledge, respond, redirect. You guys have learned acknowledge, respond, redirect. Um, that that part is that part is is crucial. So, the the last piece of the you know if you guys already you know understand that we'll just I'll just go to the end of that which is the redirect. So you know acknowledge which is you know just a, a quick word like perfect or I totally understand. You know it's usually like a positive word like absolutely awesome cool right. You acknowledge that they've said that. You respond. You give a, a succinct response that is sufficient that kind of covers their concern or you know whatever that they're talking about or maybe they're just derailing. And, you know, you, you do a quick response, like, that's so awesome that you think that, hey, let me ask you a question before I forget, how long have you lived in the home, right? It, and then you're bringing it back on track. So that's the final piece, which is the redirect. The redirect is always a question to bring it back on track to your agenda, to your outline. And um, asking questions is really the best way to control a conversation. You see police officers do this really well. They're, they're highly trained to do this. It, you know, if you've, um, uh, if your teenage years were anything like mine, you've had some interactions with the police officers and you get to see this firsthand. The, the first thing that they do is they start asking questions and they'll do it. You know, they come from a different position than we do, like, right? Like they come from a position of immediate authority. So they're, you know, they, they can um, play by some different rules than, than we do, but the principle is still the same. You know, what are the first questions that they ask? Where were you heading? Where were you headed? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what you say? Have you been drinking this? Evening? Yeah. Have you been drinking this evening? Um, you know. Do you have any idea how fast you were going? Um, uh, you know. And then, and then you might respond like, "Hey, I'm so sorry." They're like, "Excuse me. Oh, I'm gonna ask the questions here. Where are you headed tonight?" You know. And they'll always bring it back. You see that? It's because they know how important it is to control the conversation, and whoever asks the questions controls the conversation. So make sure you're controlling the conversation. Um, and that, that's all I'll say about that because it sounds like you guys have had, had some training on, on controlling the conversation. But um, it's, uh, again, if you don't know how to do it, you're just gonna get, you're gonna get, you're gonna get beat up. So get really good at controlling the conversation. Um, okay, number three, the last one is um, the most common mistake that I see reps make is not discovering pain points, not finding the hot button. Right, like, so the solution to that is discover the pain points. Go into discovery mode at some point. Oh, Ronnie's making faces at me. Go into discovery mode and find out what's important to them. 
find that hot button and then push it over and over and over and over again. Um, do you know what I mean by hot button? Yeah. Does everyone know what I mean by hot button? What do I, what's hot button? What makes the customer go? You know, like what's, go. you know, that why they're looking into this? Like what is, you know, it's their whole reason, right? Yes. Big issue. $400 summer true up bill. That one bill they got, that's really big. Yeah, they're sick of. Yeah, it, exactly. And it's, guess what? It's going to be different for every person. And so, so to be more specific, oftentimes this mistake is made by assuming that you know what's best for the customer. So it's important that you remember this fact that um, people don't do what they're told. They do what they want to do. In the end, people don't do what they're told. They do what they want to do. So you have to, um, it has to be their idea and they have to say it. So you've got to pull it out of them. How, you know, how do you get them to say their hot button? Well, you got to ask a lot of questions. You got to go into discovery mode and you got to figure that out. You know, what, you know, let me ask you, what would be more important to you? Would it be saving money on your energy bill or would it be building equity in the home? Or, you know, I mean, it, there's, there, there's a bunch of them. What, what are some other potential hot buttons? Just, just kind of rapid fire shoot. PG. You know, fire them out. Okay, PG, get Power away. Power outages. Power outages, awesome. What are some other hot buttons? That Increases. Say it Rate again. Changes. Rate changes. Inconsistency. Inconsistency. So the ups and downs, like a hey, low winter bills, super high summer bills. Awesome. Yeah, I think one mistake that, that especially newer reps make is that they assume it's just that they want to save money, which if you've done this a while, you, you understand that. That's not the case for everybody. Like not everybody values that you know the same and that's really really important because their problem might not be you know you know you might show up and they're saving 300 bucks a month like you know that's that's a lot of money but for them it's like eh, i just don't know if it's worth the hassle but then you bring up you know you, you somehow pull out of them that he and his wife fight over the thermostat you know for the, the temperature on the thermostat or something silly like that and you realize like you mean like we wouldn't have to fight over the temperature anymore? Like we wouldn't have to fight over the thermostat? You see that, you know, the couple, they look at each other and they're like, well, you know, they kind of laugh. They're like, well, that would be kind of nice. And you, you know, you, you just saw a glimpse of what their hot button, hot button might be. That, hey, they, they really value that. They just have the flexibility that like, look, this is solar energy. This is renewable energy. Waste, wait, go ahead and waste it. Like it's renewable. There's more where it came from. It's from the sun. So, uh, but again, don't assume that you know better than them what their hot button. And the funny thing too is, is if you say it for them without them admitting it or without them saying it, they'll still feel like you're forcing it on. They'll still feel like it's your idea, not their own idea. Does that make sense? So a good salesperson is consultive, right? right? They're asking questions like, you know, what's important to you? Because when we ask questions, they, they feel like we um, care and like we, you know, like, it, and that's really important that, that, they're, that it's their idea and that it's coming from them, not from us, right? Selling is not telling. It's, it's asking questions. It's, it's finding the need and then failing to meet, right? So don't, don't get lazy and miss this point. And don't, don't assume that you know what their hot button is. You've got to find it. Um, any thoughts on this? Any, any like recent examples of where you've, where you've seen this? I had a lady recently, and she's like, her, she's probably not going to achieve 
whole lot of savings, but just because we connected so much, I found out that she more, I think, was looking for just renewable energy and, and doing something good for the environment. And, um, it wasn't the initial, like, just savings because of through connection and kind of hearing her discover more. Mm -hmm. Found out that that's what she was looking for, and then Jeff Smith had a great company, a great first meeting with her. Mm -hmm. But awesome. initially, she was like not wanting to hear much of anything. Mm -hmm. But but you do you remember what questions you asked? Because eventually, you found you found that that yeah. probably was not super easy to find. Initially, she was just thinking I was going to be like another just another sales whatever, mm -hmm. either coming to her door or calling her, and kind of through just ignoring that and but acknowledging and then just trying to connect with her and just making light of it not mm -hmm. not trying to like hide from it or um defend it or, or anything like that or try to defend myself or, mm -hmm. um because of that she like every time she wanted to hear from me because we were like we were connecting like she enjoyed talking to me so, mm -hmm. um so it's, it kind of led to that discovery mode of not assuming that she would just want savings being like, oh, okay, well, that's this is probably going to go anywhere because she's, you know, care and this and that. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you for sharing. Any any other thoughts on that? I mean, finding the pain points. Oh. Go ahead. Yeah, Caleb. It was just real quick. I had a referral recently who her pain point was the fact that um, one of her neighbors had a larger solar system than she did. Oh. more backup capacity so that was really easy to play into they just wanted a bigger system and wanted to be better than their neighbor was. interesting yeah did you guys hear that <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a that's a funny one yeah you'll, you'll hear these weird ones so what caleb said is that she just wanted a, a bigger system than their neighbor she found out that her neighbor that she's like competitive with one you know had a bigger system so she just wanted a bigger system than mm -hmm. her neighbor and get batteries anyway that's that, that's funny but that may be a motivating factor and you know you've got to you've got to ask questions to figure that out the uh the bandwagon effect is happening bandwagon. big time she totally jones totally yeah um i was so i was listening to call with team the other day and so you you can use actually either option but this customer happened to be on time of use and i was i was explaining to him that like you build pain on the time of use program or the tier program like it's going to affect different people differently so time of use it's like you're penalized every single day you know and then on the tier system if you're a high user mm -hmm. you could spend three weeks out of the month in these penalty tiers and so you can actually build pain around either option and mm -hmm. any program yeah you do the same thing with like care or whatever it is right like, mm -hmm. you know that's not it's not guaranteed like our program there's no agreement that hey, this is going to continue in perpetuity. Totally, totally. Yeah, Josh. Just an idea that um, it's really individual to people, um, and that it's almost like freakish how weird it is, or how like what you would think would be interesting, or what you might find appealing is completely different, right? So, yeah, to some people, it's like it's uh you know it might be like yeah what their neighbors might think or you know it, it might be that this is prestigious or that this is considered something with status 
I think it's real important to go back to like basic human instincts. Like people want to feel, you know, understood. They want to feel liked. They want, they want, you know, these basic human instincts. They want to feel prestigious, whatever, right? They want praise. And if you can, if you can do this effectively in a sale and, and, and give them that emotion with this purchase, then they feel like you're solving the problem. And every time anybody buys anything, that's what they think they're doing. They feel like they're being productive. You know, take a take a squirrel that's just like running around all winter bearing acorns. And it's like super like in the zone, right? And it might be doing it in like the most ineffective way. Like literally, it's like digging in gravel. It's like if you just dug hundred feet over there, it'd be like softer or whatever, right? And humans get like that. We get like we have our own freakish, like, oh, this is really satisfying. This is really fulfilling for us, right? And if you can find that for this person, you know, um, this is one silly example. My car gets free charging. It was part of the deal when it got my car. But I have to drive to the Palladio. And I'm calculated, it saves me about $18 to charge the Palladio. Guys, I am like so freakish about charging the Palladio. I'm like, my wife's like, this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> you're out of control. Like, why are we driving this way? I'm like, well, no, because then this way I get to go over here and then charge. I'm like, imagine if there was a gas station where if you just, you got one gas station where you got free gas. Anytime you were there, you got free gas. You'd never drive anywhere else. You'd only fill up there. And she's like, yeah, but this is ridiculous. Just pay the 18 bucks. Like, I want to go home. <laughs> or whatever. And like, you know, for me, it's like that efficiency idea. Like, oh, that is so my hot button. Like, I love that idea, right? And for someone else, it might be like the emotional, like, feeling. Or it might be like being cool. To them, it's like, dude, this is, you know, you got to see, like, the new homes, they're all getting this. Everyone's, everyone is getting this. this. And it's like, the, it's, have you seen those big, beautiful homes up on the hill? Right, and you know that this person, if you really, like, really have high IQ, you're connecting the dots. You're like, this guy has like a Mercedes. He cares about that crap. Like, look at his shoes, man. This guy cares about status. This is important to him. His house is a MacBook. He pays a landscaper. And if you can start to make those connections, then you're like, okay, to him, this is his hot button. And what you're doing is you're fishing, like you're using different bait, and you'll feel it shift. Like, oh, I got like, they swung once I started talking about this. And then you might like drift off to another topic and then they lose interest. And you're like, crap, back to the hot button. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep pushing it. You'll talk about the neighbors and how big these homes are, how nice their homes are. Have you seen the model homes now? It's amazing. They just put the, they put the panels on all the roofs. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Blah, blah, blah. You just keep talking about it. The more you talk about it to him, it's done deal. Anyways. Yeah, per perfect example. I love it. Yeah, and, and, that, and that, that's what we mean by once you find that hot button, push it over and over and over and over. Just like the hunting example from Brock. He probably talked about hunting more than he cared about, but he could tell that the customer cared about it. And then he watched that mean-looking customer melt into just a puddle of mush, you know, because he just loved talking about it. He just turned into a teddy bear because he connected with him about it. Um, okay, well, I'm, I'm out of time, but look, we, we can close there. Um, these... You know, again, don't get lazy. You have the tools. Use these three tools. Again, first one is connecting with the customer. Second one is controlling the conversation. And the third is discovering pain points. And you'll be like, 
the bulldog extreme, you know, the same phone calls that you're having, the same visits that you're having with these customers, you'll be more effective using these tools. That's it. Sweet. Thanks, Thanks so much. All right. Um, is there anything you want to cover before we go to goals and actions? Um, yeah. Yeah, actually. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Alec. That's, that's great stuff. And, and you guys hear how, like, we've talked a lot about sales training. And did you guys notice some comments mm -hmm. already? Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. 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 We've talked yeah, about, guys. like, that stuff is, it's common, right? And, and so it's not that I've invented something. We're like, hey, this is Josh's way of thinking, or hey, this is Alex's way of thinking. It's no coincidence that we think so similar, you know, with regard to the sale. You can take the best sales reps out there, pull them in, and they'd be like, I've learned over 15 years, you know, of trial and error that there are four things that really matter in sale. And they might have a different way of explaining it. They don't call it a hot button or whatever, but it's you get what I'm saying? They completely redirect. They always redirect. You'll never find a high-level salesperson that cannot redirect. If they flow through a conversation, if it kind of drifts, right? So on one side of the spectrum, you have like the way my wife talks to her sisters. There is freaking no goal. Like they can just talk. And I'm like, this is, I'm getting seasick just listening to this conversation. Like it is a freaking waste of time. And they'll just sit there and just talk. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. I went to the park the other day. There is this, uh, there's this kid and this happened, blah, blah, blah. And then they're, then like the conversation's like, yeah, dude, some kids like really matter, blah, blah. And then they're like, yeah, you know, at school, my friend, blah, blah, growing up. And then I'm like, where is this going? And then they're like, then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that old school where they would like, oh my goodness, yeah. And they would like put you in detention for this. Yeah, Carrie would always get in trouble for this. And it was like, and then they're like, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and mom would pull up in the station wagon. Oh my goodness, the station wagon. And then you're like talking about like, have you seen those box cars? I think they're hideous. And then it's like, holy crap, there's no, you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I mean by this? Okay, this is how 90% of people communicate. There's no goal. They're just like floating. And so it's a bad habit that a lot of people have when they're interacting with the customer. Now, you have to feel like there's some of that. This goes back to the dichotomy. And one of the big dichotomies is that you're in the home feeling urgent and anxious and you have a goal, but you need to relax and talk to them about their hot rod. For 20 minutes right you need to you need to feel like hey i've got a goal here and but i can't show how anxious i am about it right i need to care a lot but i can't act like i care and so redirecting is the best way to do that now alex said something really important there at the end he talked about how or he said that you know you need to be politely persistent and that's the part i really just want to hit on real quick so Good reps have a way of like excusing it. Okay, so um, like Tanner, Tanner's selling like 10 a week, sold deals door to door. He's just throwing deals. In. Cody had nine last week. Cody's been here a month. Okay. And um, and they have this very similar way of doing it. Like they're very intense. They they're very, very 
like direct, they're very ambitious, very driven. But when they're with the customer, the customer can't really tell if that makes sense. You know, they are kind of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't want it, we'll do someone else. They do kind of play hard to get, they kind of like do takeaways and stuff, like, like and they'll emphasize NEM3. Uh, but they, uh, but they found the balance between the, 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 that dichotomy. Does that make sense? Like if you talk with Cody, it's almost like, like I can see how he could rub people the wrong way because he's like so direct. It's almost like, it almost comes across as like, almost like, like learning disability, if that makes sense. Like, like the questions can be so direct that you missed social cues. Does that make sense? So he has the ability to be super aggressive, super direct, super like, um, you know, what I mean? like what were the six things that influenced this? What, why would you do that? Um, did you try this? Did you try, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, but then he's like, like with the customer, it's this like switch. It's like, hey, yeah, for sure. Uh -huh, totally. You know what I mean? And he's got this good balance, you know, super assumptive. Like, of course, they're going to get it. Of course, that they're, uh, you know, the customer isn't going to, you know, not get it. And I've seen this in many different ways. Some people almost act like they're socially unaware and they'll interrupt themselves with questions. So I'm going to illustrate this. I'm horrible at it and I don't actually, I can't do it great, but you guys will want to learn how to do this well. So it'll go something like this. They'll be like, um, you know, they're talking and they can feel the conversation kind of getting off topic. And they're like, um, yeah, you know, the customer asked something about like the, you know, what happens? How do you, how do you make sure this thing doesn't blow off? Or, you know, how does this mess with my tiles? Like beautiful tile roof. Like, yeah, I know it's not a big deal. They set the lags right between the tiles, the carve them out. And with the roof, with the panels on, you don't even see it. Um, uh, and then also you kind of think is you have a whole nother layer of protection, you know, to your roof. So it actually, it doesn't affect your wear and tear on your roof. It actually probably adds life to your roof. Um, but it, hey, I wanted to ask you real quick here. Did you guys plan on moving anytime soon? Like, okay, that quick abrupt change, you can feel it, right? Whether you're focused, you're mentally over here, you're talking about the roof, you're explaining, you want to answer this. But then they almost like interrupt themselves and they'll even do this. And this is the part I tried to show real quick is that they'll like look up or like look off, like, wait a second. Hey, um, the, uh, did you guys plan on moving? It's real important here. Like, are you guys, is the home listed for sale or anything? Is there a lien on the property? Does somebody else own it? And you guys are like, have some weird rental agreement. And what this does is it takes the customer's mind off of that objection. You know, if it was kind of drifting and it was kind of getting off track, it brings them back on track and says, I'm I'm in charge from the boss. Okay, now to do this and to do it in a way it's not offensive, it's really important. Okay, I've seen it done different ways. One is, is that you're super like nice about it. Like, hey, real quick here, I wanted to ask you. Um, and they might even like sit forward. The, uh, did you guys plan on moving anytime soon? And almost like a takeaway, like, okay, because you guys may not qualify. Right. I've also seen it where it's like I'm like socially unaware. Okay, so I'll give you another example of how. So, yeah, and so the roof will actually uh, it'll actually have another layer of protection, but 
Um, hey, did you guys uh, did you guys plan on moving anytime soon? Like, you know what I mean? Like, kind of like oblivious, you know? Or like a customer will ask a question, they're like, yeah. So, I mean, what would I just buy it from you guys then? Am I like, I don't have PGE anymore? We work with PGE through an uh, interconnection agreement. But it really comes down to, and then we'll set it up on NEM where you guys get credits. But it really comes down to how much we produce on the system. Uh, what, what was your highest monthly bill in the summer? Like, kind of almost like, I don't know if that makes sense, kind of detached, kind of like little Asperger's almost. Does that make sense? Um, and you guys need to you you need to get really good at doing that where your brain is answering their question but like thinking of your next question and and too many people put too much of an emphasis on what question they're going to use they tend to think hey they asked about a roof so i have to ask the question it has to do something to do with that and it actually doesn't in a weird way the, the more disconnected those are almost the better, if that makes sense. Cause it kind of takes them abruptly. It kind of takes them off track. So like, like if they ask a, an important question on, okay, so what would my monthly payment be? Uh, how much would I pay for this? You know, um, that's just comes down to how much energy the system makes for you guys. But, um, do you guys plan on making any significant changes to your home? And they're kind of like, what does this have to do with anything? You, you can connect it later. You could say, well, like you guys don't plan on making additions and change, you know, your usage significantly. Like how many people will live in your home? Is, is that expected to change in the next year or two? You guys can be empty nesters? No? Okay, great. Um, you get the idea. So then you're like, okay, well, we want to build a system based on this. And now it's like 30 seconds later, you can kind of connect the dots. Or they ask a question like, wait, 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 so are you guys with PGE or how does this work? You know, we work with them through an interconnection agreement to connect the system. So it spins your meter backwards. But um, yeah, how many people live in the home currently? Yeah, and that tone was off. Did you hear that tone at the end? How many people live in the home currently? It should have been. Um, well, how many people are currently that, that's a lot better. Can you hear the difference? Um, and you start to like play with these. Okay. And last thing is that you can become world class at any thing you practice. Like kids can can jump up and make a skateboard spin in the air four times and do a backflip and then land on it. How I don't know. And they do it with their feet. Do you know what I'm saying? Like people are amazingly capable if they put their mind to something. So you just say, hey, when I'm in the car, I'm doing one of two things. I am practicing the conversation or I am listening to, you know, sales trainings. And so you're in the car by yourself, literally having that conversation. And you're saying, just like I did, did you hear that? Like how, you know what I mean? Like customer has an objection you redirect and you're like ah that tone was off you know what i mean and make changes and you do this over and over again you go through a whole sale in your head you can do that 10 times a day 
you know like how good are you going to be in a couple of weeks that's how people get really good at this they get they get into it and they focus and yeah that's everything thank you guys. appreciate it Thank you.